This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Let's read Psalm 23 together. Psalm 23. The Lord is... There are, wait, 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 wait. There are portions of the Bible that when you read them, you rejoice. Beyond a physical pastor, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. Verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside the still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. Voiceless. Verse 4. Oh. Hallelujah. You know what? From this verse, my prayer for everybody here there will not be any fear in your life. You know, some are afraid of Nigeria, of the future. Some when they are driving on the express, some when they want to enter a plane. So they talk to God, not because they want to talk to God. They talk to God because they have to talk to God. Fear is dangerous. I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my head. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Oh, I love verses. This is where I'm going. Shout these two words. What and what? Goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. Ah. The number one breakthrough that can happen to in a Christian life is to receive a shift from somebody who needs God to do something for him or her to someone who is rejoicing at what God has done. That shift must happen. Do you know most of the things people pray for have been done by God already? I will not go back to what I said first time. It's about the blessing. But you are already blessed. I am the blessed of the Lord. And wherever I go, the blessing speaks. A few people that were here for service, and please, I don't know how many of you watch for service also. After the service, go and watch the first service. No, I, I spoke solemnly, but I need you to watch the first service because it's going to be the foundation for what we're talking about. I will talk more next week for the for the next few weeks. We are talking about the blessing. But there is something that enables a Christian to walk in the blessing that I want to talk about briefly now. Before we start talking about 
the different dimensions of the blessing. Favor is one of the things we'll be talking about later. But remember what I said for service. When it is on you, it manifests everywhere. And the testimony will always be what Laban said. I have consulted Oracle and I've been told that my business expanded Jacob because you are here. And Jacob told him, Genesis 30, 30, little you had before I came. But since I came into your company, it has expanded. Why? Because of the covenant God gave to Abraham, Genesis chapter 12. I will bless you and make you a blessing. Not only are we blessed, we are a blessing. So somebody allows you to pass a night in their house, there is a testimony they receive by allowing you. So it is no more a privilege that you are working in Shell. Shell is privileged to have you. Oh God. You look at your family, the family of your, your in-laws. What a blessing I have brought to you. And we talked about people praying, Lord, oh God, fight my battle. And I showed that Abraham kept quiet. The king took Sarah. Abraham was one that lied that she was his sister. And the king wanted to marry her. And God made all women in that kingdom to go barren. And then God appeared to the king and said, you know what, I'm going to kill you. And he said, what did I do? He said, you took a man. So I said, but he said, his sister. God said, that's why I'm telling you that it's not his sister. Can you imagine God going to that length? Even in the errors of Abraham, God was still there. And again, I showed you, oh God, Lot was captured and they came to report to Abraham. He just stole 318 servants. 318. Go and draw your sword. Five nations, Genesis 14, five nations were the nations that conquered where Lot was. Lot was part of Sodom and Gomorrah. There were four nations that fought five kings. And the five kings won. They won five nations. They won four nations. But Abraham, as one man, faced five kings and defeated them. The kings knew that this guy did not fight with ordinary power. Who did they use slaves? Because part of the blessing is that whatsoever he touches prospers. That's what the Bible says. It shall be like a tree planted by the riverside that brings forth his fruit in season. Whatever he should have by any age, he must have it. He said, his leaves shall not wither. Huh? One man that walked in this also was Job. The book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible. Forget the fact that they put it at the middle of the Bible before Sam. But it's, it's the oldest book in the Bible. So Job actually pre-existed. Most of the people you read about in the Bible. So Job chapter, chapter 29. Look at what Job said. And because God said August is a record-breaking month. This is happening to all of you. I will soon ask you to sit down, but stand with me for a while. Job continued this parable. Go back to verse 1, please. And said, verse 2, Oh, that I wear, this, it, it, now he's talking when he's suffering now, in the month past, as when the days when God preserved me. Next verse. When his candle shined upon my head, when by his light I walked through darkness. Verse 4. As I was in the days of my youth, you don't have to grow old to become rich. When the secret of God was upon my tabernacle, 
when the Almighty was with me, when my children were about me. Verse 6. I washed my steps in butter, and the rock poured oil to me. When I went through the gate of the city, when I prepared my seat in the streets, the young men saw me, they eyed themselves, and the agent arose and stood up. And he went on. The princes refrained from talking. My presence was commanding respect. He said the secret of God was upon me. Later you hear him saying that I was eye to the blind. He said the homeless I brought to my house because I had enough accommodation for them. Job. The blessing. The blessing. The blessing. The blessing. You are a secretary and they begin to landslide uh, victories in the office because you are there. And God will always do it in such a way that it will be traceable to you. They will always know that this is the person that we brought in. And everything changed. It is what is happening. Such a powerful dimension of grace. I am not going to pray that it should come upon you. I am just going to pray that you should realize that it is on you. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why I just want to share this simple truth with you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Sit down, everybody. All the days of my life. Thank you. Sit down. Surely goodness and mercy. Exodus 33, verse 18. The goodness of God. Your goodness looks around us. And we wear, don't say it's deep. I'm going to show you where that song is from. And we wear your glory. Your goodness. Look, what is the connection between goodness and glory? People pray, Lord, we want to see your glory. There is just one way. Show me your glory. Lord, glorify your name in my life. Glorify your name by. There are prayers that we pray, yet answers are in the Bible and we keep praying. This is Moses. As God came down one day and there was a mighty encounter that Moses had, and he began to converse with God. Then he let out a mighty request. He said, show me, I pray thee, your glory. You will expect light to start sparking. He said, God, show me your glory. Look at the next verse. And he said, this is God talking now, I will make my goodness pass before thee. Look at the answer. <laughs> In other words, you cannot see the glory of God without first of all seeing the goodness of God. Let's put it another way. Only those who know that God is good can see the glory of God. Highest form of worship. Is to say you are good and your mercy endures forever. It's not just to say it, it's to have an understanding that God is good and his mercy endures forever. Let me show you something. Now, show me your glory. He said, I will cause my goodness to pass before you. Let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 5. And let's start reading from verse uh, 13. 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13. Just watch here. See, this is serious. The Lord began to show me, and I've been saying this for a while. The day 
all of you listening to me, watching me now, the day you are fully convinced that God loves you and he has nothing against you, your Christian life will change. Because it's going to empower how you pray. A lot of Christians still live under the burden of guilt and condemnation. That's why there is no audacity to command sickness or there is fear. Because there is, we'll go to Romans 8 if we get there today. There is condemnation in the heart of many people. And this word is playing out against their prayer. Many of you listening to me will feel better when, if you can fast for 30 days dry. Then you feel only that fasting adds no power to you. Jesus never connected fasting to power. He simply said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Have you received the Holy Ghost? You have received all the power you will ever need. Can I hear me? Somebody hear me today. T.L. Osborne said that Christians pray only asking God to do what he tells them to do or asking God to do what he has already done. Lord, heal my grandma. Jesus said, you go heal the sick. But you ask Jesus to heal when he has told you to go and heal. Lord, bless me. But he says that you are already blessed. The Bible says that Christ became a cause so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon. So as he died, if he has died, then the blessing has come upon you. So when you say, Lord bless me, heaven is wondering, what exactly are you saying? We have put the blessing on. What you should say is that, Lord, teach me how to activate the blessing. Did you get that? Amen. It came to pass. As the trumpeters were as one, to make one sound of praise and thanksgiving to me, they lifted up their voices with trumpet and cymbal, an instrument of music and praise God saying for he is good and his mercy endureth forever that then the house was filled with cloud even the house of the Lord one day the laborers gathered together and together there was uh, they were at the same level of conviction that he is good and his mercy as soon as they all said that the glory of the Lord hit the house because there is something that God does when a man is fully persuaded that God is good. Why are we able to sleep in the dark without fear? Why do we walk a lonely road without any fear? Because we are persuaded that God is good. Why do we give as if we are crazy at times? Because we know God is good. He can never trick me. So he has no plan to trick me and collect my money. <laughs> Why do we have the audacity to pray for the sick? Because he has no plan to embarrass us. Why can you stand before your boss and say, I decree in the name of Jesus Christ, sir, don't worry. In three days, there will be a miracle. Even though you have not heard any voice. What gives you that effrontery? A conviction that God is good. You will never be able to trust the Bible if you don't believe that God is good. Because fear will catch you. Except you are fully persuaded that if you are the only one in a plane, for your sake only, 
God can stop any evil for your sake. When we were in school, 1994, check Nigeria history. The only time that jam was postponed, we were in school. His name is Sheoshobukola. He's a doctor in Trinidad and Tobago now. He got up and he came to him. He was my senior. My brother was 94 sex. So I was much younger then. I was in the baby GS3 one day. So body were necessary. And this guy came and said to my brother and the rest, as I was reading, he said, I closed my book. And I said, Lord, I'm not ready for jam. I want to be a doctor. I'm not ready enough. I don't think I will make the cutoff of medicine. What I've read. He said, so I have asked the Lord that jam will be shifted. One boy in Abelkuta, shortly after the federal government announced they shifted jam by six months. How many people believe that God can move events in Nigeria because of it? Don't raise your hand. The truth of the matter is that religiously in church will say yes, but inside us, many of us don't. You don't believe you have enough weight with God that will make God to do certain things. How weighty do you want to become? Do you know your weights? When you want to know the value of a thing, check the price. There are suits of 20,000. There are suits. I was still telling people, when we went to that person around the same blue, I showed you one corner there. They are selling sneakers, their shoes. And I said, one day I came for a meeting in this place and I just walked into the shop and asked the woman there, how much is this sneaker? She showed me one. Set it on now, 70,000. I just told her, God bless you. That's uh, <laughs> Because I was just wondering whether it's not that kind of I'm just like if we wear it what difference does it make from the ones we are buying for 20,000 here is that when you enter church with it the glory will not appear the problem with all those very expensive things that nobody even knows the value of what you are wearing except you are around those who know and those who know are not very common (laughs) you understand because the label is inside for Sudan, <laughs> that's the bad thing. <laughs> you might want to, if they can put the label on it, so as you move around, they know the name of the brand, they see it on you. But the brand, everything is inside. So, what's the point? Somebody bought a suit for four million and I want suit. See the way some of you are feeling. It's poverty. <laughs> Why are you feeling bad? That's what about the suit. <laughs> what you are wearing also is too much for someone else. If you go to some most interior village in Nigeria, you tell them your shoe is 20,000. To them, uh uh-uh. What is it not to wear something? So life is in faces. (laughs) There are paths. If you have 2,000, there are some you can buy. Only that I should put it on before you get to that door. It's gone. (laughs) All those, when you come out, you, you usually put them in your bag so that you reapply. You use at home, you are going for a wedding, and the door of the wedding, you go to the restroom and pour more. That's the only way. But I've seen one before that somebody showed us in school. If you put it on one cloth and you put that cloth in a wardrobe with other clothes, it will. <laughs> All other clothes will start smelling the same thing. Like, as if you put a pe- that same pair on them. So powerful. After washing three times, the thing is still there. And of course, I think they asked them at that time, well, it was about 300,000. Maybe it will be about 4 million now for that pair now. Yes. I walk on to show one shopping mall one day. I like asking questions. I just saw one pair. I asked the woman, how much? I said this one. Say 1.7 million. I said for one pair. She said yes. I said, okay. Thank God I do have body odor, so it's not necessary. 
you, you, you understand what I'm saying? Are you with me? When you want to know the value of a thing, you look at the price. The price tells you the value. How valuable are you? Check what was paid to redeem you. If you did not mean anything to God, he would have, he would have said, Jesus, go and die, but not for Wale, not for P. Josh. See that one. <laughs> but he didn't say that. He paid that price for you. He wants you to have an idea of how weighty you are in his heart. So what other weight can you possibly create? Can 30 days of prayer match the precious blood of Jesus? No. These things are to give us confidence in God. The glory of the Lord is connected to the goodness. So when you say, Lord, show me, we will say, no, no, see my goodness. When you see my goodness, my glory will follow automatically. That God is good and his mercy endures forever. As the angels stood before David and he said, You know what? What punishment should I give you? Ah. David said, Should you fall into the hands of the enemy, or to the hands of men, or should God himself? David said, Let me fall into the hands of God. He said, Because I know that it's merciful. He said, Even though I've done something wrong, as he begins to deal with me, somehow mercy will override judgment. And he was right. As the angel got to Jerusalem, God just said, oh boy, stop. Because the Bible says he is slow to anger. You know, there's something God is looking for. We will continue on the blessedness. There's something God is looking for. God is looking for people who genuinely love him. Those who genuinely love God might not be perfect. They make mistakes. But somehow, God makes up for their mistakes. One of the things that attracted God to David, David loved God. And believe me sincerely, we can tell if you love God. All over the world, there are pastors who don't love God. They use God. There are pastors who don't love the church. They use the church. Some people don't love the body of Christ. They love their own tribe in the body of Christ. That means their own denomination. They don't love the body. That's something we happen in the church and the pastor will go and face press and be reporting. What's he trying to do? I'm not in the question whether what's happened is right or wrong. What are you trying to achieve? So desecrate the name of the church. What are you trying to achieve? Did you talk to the world when the church brought you in? No. And you see all these things. Something happens. You don't love your family. Even if they take a shot against your family and the next to go to Facebook, mention your father, your mother, and begin to say that they did this to me. You are a bastard if you do that. You are not a legitimate son. So get to a group of men and stand and begin to insult your father that I said this. Uh, uh, well, instead of giving me a car, he gives to my younger brother. I don't believe in that father. What are you trying to do? You are not looking for justice. You are dragging the name of your family. And who will teach men again? That even when the ones are taken against you, where is the place of God? How do you move on? 
and you see all these things all around. Honestly speaking, I see that now. What are, what are, what, what have we turned Christianity to nowadays? The Bible says, God said, vengeance in my, I will take vengeance. If you maltreat me, I move away. You are not my Lord. God will take care. But to begin to look for how to fight back and hit you. And that's what people do. And you see this all around, everywhere. End time, bitterness, anger, competition. The goodness of God. Somehow, God recognizes people that love. That's the Bible says, eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Somebody asked me a question during the pandemic meeting yesterday. Uh, I think uh, uh, Bubu has very fantastic stuff. Now we don't support whether our another lady has whether we are we supposed to give out of love as opposed to expecting the harvest. And I said the word of God is crystal clear on the fact that when you give, you will have harvest. But you don't even need your heart to be on the harvest per se. Our motivation should be that we love God. Let me tell you the truth. When God notices that a person now hears a lot of testimony of God giving people back, and the sole reason why you want to give is that you have turned God to a jackpot. That this is why so many people are angry in the body of Christ. They see a prophet, he has demonstrated some spiritual gift. Then he says that how many of you first last blessing? One million now come out, and I will anoint you, and something will happen to you, and they will share one or two testimony, and you go there and you lose your money. And you are angry. Did they force you to come out? Solomon loved the Lord and he gave. God multiplied him back to him, but the motivation was love. How many people love God? Of seeds that I sow, and I will still sow. I say it before God, before his people, and before Satan. If God gives me nothing back for every seed I give, I am happy and will never complain. Why? I owe him my life. You get what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. That's the truth. One man said, Lord, even if you don't answer prayer again, the one you have answered, they are okay. You have tried. It means judging God faithful. Ah. When I, the, 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 the church I preach, I preached last Sunday in the, in the one redeemed church in somewhere in North Carolina. And the pastor said, I was talking in his office and he said, Ah, he said, I used to work in Tota when he was in Nigeria. And he said, One day, so he left off for God. He studied everywhere, such a powerful man in Tota, but he left off for God. He said, I was there, my car just knocked. And the angel was giving me a problem. And I said, I think my wife went to the hospital and had twins, and one died. One was, but he said, I just got angry. I cried and I went to see Pastor Deboe. And I said, Daddy, I am angry with God. What did I do to God? See, all I get for, I said, Pastor Deboe just said, call someone that gave me my tambourine. He said, Daddy, what are you trying to say? I want to go and praise God. He said, didn't you hear what I said? I heard you. He said, I thought you should have grown beyond this level. He said, at least you have a child now. He said, do you know how many people are waiting for children who don't have? He said, yes, one died, but you have one. He said, were well, you not with me the last time when they brought somebody for us to pray for who just died in an accident who crashed with his car? He said, the engine of your own car knocked, but your life is not knocked. 
you travel all the way safely from Lagos to can come and complain that something happened to the engine of your car. He said, that man that died in his car, he would have preferred the car to wreck and he would be alive. The man said he broke down like a baby. You know, that's how I talk to myself every now and then also. Otherwise, little, little pains of life will distract you. Challenges will stop coming. The way some people complain, nothing is working. What about the mouth you are using to say nothing is working? If your mouth wasn't working, would you be able to say nothing? You mean you work successfully to go and tell someone that nothing is working in your life? What about that life itself? We are not saying there are no challenges, but put them where they belong. Don't exaggerate and magnify Satan. Are you getting what I'm saying? The foundation. Don't worry. This will help us as we talk about the blessing. The foundation for all these things. Because along that you'll be tested is the love of, to love God. To love God passionately. As God gives some of us tests and we have failed it many times. It's merciful. You see, once we are born again, we determine how far we go in God by ourselves. If I stop studying, if I stop praying, my spiritual life will go down. There's nothing I can do about it. It's not automatic that you're a pastor, you must grow. If you don't diligently study the word and pray, you come down. And I am wise enough by God's grace to know that when you let down your guard, that's where the enemy will come. That is why we pray in season and out of season. No matter how tired I am, when the leaders are praying, I join them. Yes. I told you before that the tanker that is carrying petrol needs petrol in its own tank also. I get what I'm saying. I'm going to tell you something. This is not related to the message. One of the ways when your spirit is bubbling, songs will always come from your mouth. When you are not in that state, go quickly to pray till you get back to that state. Everyone around me will tell you, I don't nag, I don't complain, I don't. But do you know things that my eyes see on a daily basis? It is very difficult for you to get me to a corner where I am reacting. I don't react, I respond. I tell you what I want to say part time. Not what you force me to say. You can't get me angry. I was telling them on, 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 on Wednesday, I was supposed to be at the service. We we're supposed to leave from New York on Tuesday. And I was at the lounge. And the lady told me as I was coming in that be at the gate by 8, your flight leaves 8.05. I thought about it. They are supposed to have entered the plane 20 minutes before. But they were the owners and they were the delta themselves. And I sat when it was 7.45, 7.50. I started feeling uncomfortable. So I got up and I walked to where we were going to board. And I didn't see anybody. I said, the guy wrecking for them. He said they had locked the door of the plane that were late. I said, but you didn't come and call us. I was in your VIP. Like, you didn't call us to tell us we were going. I said, we have decided not to really be calling people again. The next 15 minutes we were talking, the plane was still there. And the guy refused to open it. I said, I know he did that. I, I don't want to read minutes, but it was still there. And people were saying that, but you can see. So I said, I've locked it. I've locked the door. I'm not opening this again. And this American guy was raking for them. I just turned back. I said, we, we don't know what God is trying to it was painful, but I just turned back. So I said, so what do we do? He said, go to our office, still at the airport, just walk a few minutes away and ask them. 
and I got it. Those ones said that. See, my mind was on where is this service. I said, so I'll miss service. Say, okay, we'll go tomorrow. You come back tomorrow. That was around after nine the night. Say, come back six a.m. Then you fly to Atlanta with us. Then from Atlanta we take you to Nigeria. I just whispered, "Our Lord, I don't really want that. I don't want to get out of this airport again. Go to check into hotel." Only to come back 6 a.m. again. That means I have to be at the airport by 4 o'clock again, removing shoes, removing belts. I, I don't want this. Just come and say, okay, come. Oh, there is KLM flight. But you go to Amsterdam for, you stay in Amsterdam for three hours and you fly to Nigeria. I said, we shall we'll land in Nigeria. That's say Wednesday. He said, I said, there's no problem. If we carry me to Mexico, once we are going to Nigeria, the same day, I'm fine. And I was telling P. Josh, I called him from there. I said, Amsterdam is beautiful. I said, but well, my heart is not here. I'm thinking about service. Say to just to get home. And of course, we still landed 7:15. I was thinking I'll come for service. But you know Nigeria. This nation will rise. It will rise. Four computers that will scan your passport when you were coming in. They sat before three and they said that they had packed up. So all of us were facing one. So one white man was trying to ask that. Didn't they know? Did they just realize that there's a pastor? But, but about Masoro, you are coming from a country. Are... Said, so don't, 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 don't worry. On Thursday, two people had been staying with me who came from UK, one politician and her husband. And on Thursday, we had to. So I came on Wednesday. So on Thursday, we had to take the according. We were returning back to the according to the airport. So I went to pick Josh and my wife. What our eyes saw. I just saw a crowd at the front of where people were calling Uber to go back home because they were going to miss their flights. Everybody was locked outside. They said the machine that was scan your bag when you want to enter the airport, there are four gates. Three machines were down. Only one was working. I saw the longest queue in, at the airport. That day. I just saw a girl that we grew up together. Say, I now live in Atlanta. She was with six bags with her daughter. Say, I'm calling Uber and I'm going back home. He said, it's obvious. Before I entered that hall, my plane would have left. The soldier that was there came to sit before me. He, he sat beside me. I'm like, what is the problem with this country? Four machines, only one working. I know when Nigerians are in that kind of queuing up, they start cursing themselves, fighting. He don't, don't push me. He I just said, dear Lord Jesus. And as usual, the rich will find their way. Send to the police, they will go and take you through VIP, arrival, people were entering through arrival to go up. And the rest were stranded out there. As I was standing, four white men were talking around me and they were abusing Nigeria. I just did as if I was not in Nigeria. I just turned my face off. But the thing was paining them. They said they arrived the airport three hours before their flight, but now they're about to miss the flight. Is it now that you go to the airport 12 hours before you fly or what? Before you fly? What's going on? This is why, honestly speaking, saints must take it as a challenge to rise. See, when we talk about prosperity, you now know that we are not talking about you filling your compound with cash. We are talking, what about if all of you listening to me, you have 10,000 people that you are paying salary to? I think Bishop Edebo has up to 60, I don't know how many thousands, I think 40,000 people on their payroll. I'm not saying the same, but that's how Edebo says, about 40,000 people on their payroll. Before you critique and say things about such people, why don't you do the same? So if all of us employ 10,000 in a time, because we have more power than the government of the land. It is, maybe you don't know by now that the only hope of common people is all of you listening to me. There's nobody coming into any office to help people. I think you know by now. Those who cry for change, what has happened afterward? So now you know 
that is from one thing to another, except people who have love in their hearts will rise and help people. There is no help for them anyway. Yeah. I will make your nation great. He said, through you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That's where we are going. God is concerned about all the families. And he said, he's saying that it is you. He said, through you. Can you receive that and begin to accept responsibility? See, there is a demand on my end. The families of the earth are waiting for me. That's the way God wants us to begin to think. Why does he tell us at times to do unusual giving? It's a test. Like he tested Abraham. It's a test. God can only trust with money. Those that he knows, they will hold it, hold it, and that they will release it anytime he says, Lord, I want to. See, let, let me tell you this, this thing. There should be about four or five people in this church. If I mention any program, they want to know the boy and they want to pre- give to it. And every year, these people are increasing by more. Why? God has, dis- he has discovered one of them, I know it might be here, but I, I want to, he does a particular job where the training he went for, for the job, would, would have, he would have paid about 27 million naira for a training that went about. They paid the whole money for him. He's one of the people in Nigeria now, right now who have the same certificate. Yes, I told you when she gave her, uh, uh, she scored the highest in ICANN in this church, the highest in Nigeria, and the third in West Africa in ICANN. And she wrote it for the internal where she came to this man. I just prayed and said, Let's pray. And I told her, Don't worry, go write it again. And the supernatural moved in. It doesn't cost God anything. But the question meant that can God really trust us? What about if you have a seven bedroom duplex and you are servants under you and you can travel to Paris today, tomorrow, this one? Will you still be humble, pray, and serve God? When comfort comes, will it be an exchange? You know that people, when they, when they were single, they were serving God very well. Now they are married. Their excuse is the husband or the wife. And that is actually what blessing or the effect of blessing tries to do. It competes with the space that God, that, that you, for God is true. So a pastor is praying there at night for God to lift you. When God anoints you, as apostle say, man, how, men, how people start demanding for your time. Nathaniel told me last time I saw him, he said there are many ministrations that I have given my word. He said, but Pastor, I'm sorry, I'm calling there and I'm not going again. He said, because I need to pray. He said, small, small, you will stop praying. Because every day you are singing somewhere, somewhere, and you sing here, they give you two million. Sing here, they give you one million. Sing here. Somebody gave me a brand new Jeep for singing. He said, but you just discovered that those moments where you used to have one-on-one retreat with God is gone. Because somebody will now demand that the three days they want to invite for a program is your time you do retreat in a year. And these are weighty churches, so you have to go. That's how you start. Okay, we do the retreat again. We do it next month. Next month, somebody is inviting you. That's how. And once you are flat, everybody will leave you. One pastor told me, he said, I tell your friend, Paul Seyman, that ah. he said, the way he's preaching everywhere, he said, hope he knows people. Once they find someone who can minister like you, and maybe I say he knows and it's wise enough not to do that. That's what the man means with. And he, he tells me the same thing. That's why I don't. So when people call me and they say I'm not answering, when they ask me to come and preach, and I say I'm not coming, they will think you are proud. He said, but I have to pray. He said, one day I had to lock myself inside the house and I pray for three days. He said, I have problems also. 
And he told me something, Pastor. I said, when the thing hits me, I had to lock three days without food and water. I told them, don't bring any phone to me. Because people will come into that space. Have you noticed that some people will release a song that will be a hit and they will not release any song again? No other song will be able to rise to that level again. Because it takes a lot to bake a song, do it very well, go to studio, perfectly release it. But once they start inviting you around, you don't have that time again. It is true. Hallelujah. You'll be tested. When we're less than 60 or 70 in this church, a church, if at that time we'll give offering in the church, maybe the total offering, maybe 4,000, 5,000, 7,000. A pastor invited me to go to my preach on the Sunday. I told them that I had to be with my people on Sunday. Even though we are, we are 30, 40, and we had to preach in church. So they moved the program to have to do for me my preach by 12. So I went, when I finished preaching, he gave me 100,000. And boy, it was a breakthrough. Then I noticed that shortly after that, I was receiving a lot of invitations on Sunday morning. Immediately I knew in my spirit, this is to kill this vision HOD. And I said to all of them, I don't, I said, you know what, even 12 o'clock, when I don't go out Sunday morning, if it's Sunday evening, but Sunday morning, I stay with these 40 people. Who can only give 6,000? I stay with these 40 people. So how much is 100,000 to us now? I get what I'm saying. May you not put the cards before the horse. Is someone blessed this morning? I started with the goodness of God. Now I'm talking about loving God. You just, you just, when you know it's good, actually, you love it. He knows people, people genuinely love God. They love God. I have seen people that some churches genuinely, they genuinely injured them. As they were really injured, they would just withdraw quietly. They won't even talk about it. Because they just love God. And God will always fight for people like that. It is true. When you belong to a group in the church, what's your plan? What's your purpose? Let's finish with this scripture. Solomon loved the Lord. And first, first King, first King 3. First King 3. 3 3. It's like a solemn morning. My voice led to this. Verse <laughs> 3. Verse 3. Hallelujah. And Solomon loved the Lord. Walking in the status of David, all that the sacrifice and bonds and I play. Verse 4. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there. For there was a great place. A thousand bond offering the Solomon offered upon the altar. Verse 5. And in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon. The Lord will always appear through his word or in any way to those who love him, please let this be your, let this be your passion just to love God wholeheartedly it's very important hallelujah may the Lord bless and keep you may the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace I put the name of the Lord on you. Everywhere you go, you are the blessed of the Lord. In Jesus' name, Shalom. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion, 
it is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.